First, you must realize that you have no idea before you can know the idea. We scan across all the frequencies if we want to learn anything new. Let us begin. What has physics done for me lately? Furthermore, the equation E is equal we have now acquired a fateful power to alter and to destroy nature. That's like when you're in physics and you get a dream about saying, Oh, this is a physics excursion. What is it all about? The whole of human history all falls in the dust of one stroke of the nail file. You can't really get to grips with evolution unless you realize uh, what an enormous amount of time. Our own planet is only a tiny part of the vast cosmic tapestry, a starry fabric of worlds yet untold. You're tuned into what can only be described as the best radio station on this blue dot we call Earth. It is, of course, 4 triple Z. Be it on your conventional wireless radio by tuning into the classic frequency of 102.1 FM. Digital devices such as DAB or smart speaker. Listening via the Community Radio Plus app or streaming us live from our sensational website at 4zzz.org.au. And of course, you can always listen back to us or any 4ZZZ show for that matter using the ingenious on-demand feature also found at that URL. We also now have a weekly podcast of the show for your listening pleasure, a condensed version of the show without the music, which my mum prefers. Just search for our show name, which is, of course... No idea. Spelt with a K, your weekly dose of science. And joining me today to speak about all things science is one of my favourite science communicators. May I please introduce Jet Setter Jay. <laughs> hey Max, how are you doing? The alliteration thing <laughs> yeah. is less effective when there's only one of us. <laughs> <laughs> you just got back from Adelaide or something. I did, right? I yeah. did. I just got back from Adelaide. Fair enough. For those unfamiliar with the show... We generally start the show with some weird science, then we move on to some marine science, and my personal favourite, mm-hmm. the motor rap, mm-hmm. which Jay did this thing for. <laughs> Look forward to that. Basically, any science that has piqued our interest during the week, and we round out the show with some space news. Anything to add? We've got no Peter, we've got no... No Peter, no Gabe, they're still in Aotearoa having uh, fun. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, you're tuning into 4ZZZ, and the show is No Idea with me, Max, and Jay. And you ready for some of this? You want me to kick us off? Let's do it. I know Zed Bones is going to phone me straight away once I start talking about this topic. Perfect. Let's go. It's wasps. Wasps. Yeah. And because Peter and... uh, Gabe. Gabe. (laughs) (laughs) In New Zealand at the moment. (laughs) It only takes one week before things start getting foggy. (laughs) A long... So it's not not necessarily weird, but it's a bit of fun. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, A long-serving scientist who took the fight to pastoral land pests in New Zealand and reaped huge benefits for the country has won the highest honour at the 2023 Science New Zealand Awards. Okay. Ag Research Emeritus Scientist Stephen Goldson was named the Supreme Award winner in recognition of a career in which he has and his team found a way to control pasture-consuming weevils costing the country hundreds of millions of dollars every year. I love Supreme Award. Yes, isn't that one? That's great. Anyway. 
<laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to throw you. <laughs> oh, off. I wonder how he goes around now because he 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 could be Supreme Doctor. Mm, Goldson. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I'll just call him that from now on. Yeah. Supreme Doctor Goldson led the identification and introduction to New Zealand of wasps that are the natural enemies of lucerne, Argentine stem, and clover root weevils. The introduced parasitic wasp proved highly effective in seeking out the weevils and killing or sterilizing them by laying eggs inside them. The arrival of these weevils on New Zealand's shores that decades ago ripped pasture to shreds many times. Goldson says it was a problem insecticides weren't able to deal with for many reasons. These pests together were costing about 400 million to 500 million a year to the primary industries. We had three weevil pests and we've suppressed them all using the natural enemies we've brought in from where these pests came from. Supreme Dr. Goldson described it as one chance in a thousand to get a good result from the effort of introducing the wasps. It was a long-term project. It was expensive and very risky, but it worked. And without teamwork, this couldn't have been done. In addition to the wasps reducing the loss production from depleted pastures, they have also had the effect of reduced insecticide use and environmental impacts that those chemicals can entail. Despite the success in suppression of these pests, Supreme Dr. Goldson has more recently led research showing that the weevils are beginning to evolve resistance against the introduced wasps. This has added urgency to develop new environmentally friendly methods to to counter the pests. Work is now underway in conjunction with the University of Otago to look at the genetics of biocontrols such as these wasps to figure out how to maximise their reliability and efficiency. Anyway, my take out is, can we get a wasp that takes out the cane toast? Yeah. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? It is really cool. I, I really enjoy those kinds of like biosecurity things where they like bring in another pest to like yeah. get rid of the pest. It's very much like it's there was an old lady who swallowed a fly sort of situation <laughs> yeah. where it's just like, and now we're bringing in these guys to get rid of these guys. It's pretty fun. Yeah. It's pretty fun. What do you got for us, Jay? Right. Have you ever seen an electric eel? On YouTube. On YouTube. Yeah. 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 It's, it's one of those things like much like quicksand or the Bermuda Triangle, it happened so often in children's books so i like really expected that they would be way more frequently occurring in my life <laughs> and they haven't been which i find a little bit disappointing mm. to is be that honest the weird stuff is it no <laughs> hold on let me go on my tangent yes electric eels can release up to 860 volts which is a substantial amount of energy it's mm. enough to like power machines mm. um but, but not for very long not for very long yeah, yeah. but just when you thought they couldn't get any cooler uh, a recent study from the nagoya university in japan qs ranking oh that'd be uh i was just scared for my favorite 144 oh not bad 176 okay has found electric eels can use their powers to genetically modify fish <laughs> nice nice okay. right <laughs> how cool is this <laughs> so here's a fun and cool new word for you Mm. Electroportation. Oh, okay. It's a genetic transfer technique used in the lab where an electric field creates temporary pores in a cell membrane, which allows molecules like DNA or proteins to enter the target cell. Mm. It's a pretty specific process. Like, it's it's hard to make ha- happen. So it is viewed as only possible to control or make happen in the lab. Mm. But that didn't satisfy these researchers. They must read plenty of kids' books that mm. are, like, obsessed yeah. with <laughs> electric and eels and all that so, sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, eels, yeah. Um, because they were like, no, wait, 
If electric eels release heaps of electricity into the water, why couldn't they cause electroportation in nature? Mm. So to test this, they got a bunch of fish lava and they put them into their um, into a DNA solution with... Um, the DNA was genetically modified to glow under UV light, yes. basically, right, okay. um, which is a pretty common thing in mm. genetic research. So this... Um, reflects like the real world where you're swimming around in like rivers and that sort of thing there's plenty of what they call environmental dna which is just like little fragments of dna that occurs naturally in the water around um Mm. fish and other creatures so they introduced an electric eel into the um tank and prompted it to bite a feeder and discharge electricity they then found that organisms um five percent of the zebrafish larva had uh glowed they had markers showing the gene transfer. So basically, the zap in the water mm. temporarily opened up all their pores mm. and the DNA that was floating around was able Got to like yeah. suck into the fish, which go. is pretty wild. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, and they, they say like, you know, there are other areas where this has kind of happened before. So lightning, um, when it strikes the ground, can genetically modify organisms around it, which kind of rules. And I really want to see a horror mm. movie now where it's like the thing that came when Is lightning... Is that how The Last of Us started, you think? <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> Things like that. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just really cool when scientists like have like some really controlled process in the lab and they're like we're the ones who who have Mm. done this thing and then it's like no no (laughs) but also electric eels are modifying fish left and right that's right so that's my weird science cool cool i think what we're learning generally at the moment is a brain really isn't necessary for thought or learning Mm. like i think we knew for a long time that that you didn't need a brain to react (sighs) and it does Oh my goodness, finally. I can hear you. I can hear you gearing up for that. Yeah, because he doesn't have a brain, so he has to make all that noise. His arms, his arms and legs have to come to a committee agreement to make the joke. You tune into 4 triple Z. The show is No Idea, your weekly dose of science with me, Max. And Jay, and usually at this stage of the show, we go into a bit of marine science. But, but our friendly neighbourhood marine scientist is over in NZ at the moment. So I plucked one from the archive. This is titled Throwy Octopuses. Sounds like a recent one, doesn't it? <laughs> we'll see how we get. Take it away, Peter. Good morning and welcome to another Ocean Science segment on No Idea with your friendly neighbourhood marine scientist. In a stunning turn of events, I have yet another cephalopod story. So we already know that octopuses are amazing animals. As I mentioned last week, they can change colour, texture, make cool shapes with their bodies to mimic other animals, and there's even an octopus in New Zealand that likes taking photos. Well, it turns out that octopuses are even more badass than I thought. A little while ago, a group of researchers working within New South Wales' Jarvis Bay observed octopuses flinging objects at one another during fights. Yep, that's right. Octopuses can and will throw things during an argument. They don't just throw hands, they also throw shells. According to the researchers, this behaviour is pretty common too, at least within the Jervis Bay location. It's nicknamed Octopolis, and I for one cannot wait to visit. Apparently, the octopuses don't throw the way we do as humans, by imparting force from our arms. Rather, octopuses gather material and hold it within their tentacles before expelling it under pressure. And I know these sound fairly similar, but you'll have to trust me, there's a difference. For one, the octopuses use a jet of water to blow the material out of their arms, which is pretty cool. 
They throw a bunch of different stuff too. Algae, silt, even shells. And they can throw it super far, up to several body lengths. And I want to take a second to get you to really appreciate this. So close your eyes, unless you're driving. Imagine you're in a pool with your sibling as a kid. And they're doing something really annoying underwater. So you try and throw something at them. It's super hard, because as you may remember, water be super dense, and it's not really easy to just throw things underwater. So I think it's super impressive that they can do this at all. But what scientists found most interesting is that this behavior has really only been seen within the species. That is to say, we've only seen octopuses throwing things at other octopuses. And for the most part, the throwers have been female. They're usually throwing at other nearby females in territory disputes, or a lot of things have also been thrown at males who were attempting to mate with them. Which sounds fair enough to me. But it is super interesting because most other species that we know can or do fling or throw objects, throw them at other species, not their own. So a group of researchers at the University of Sydney set out to discover why this might be happening. Using non-invasive GoPro cameras that were left on site, the researchers recorded over 100 instances of the Octopolis residents, and I quote, flinging debris willy-nilly. Then, when deciphering the results, they found that the flinging could be divided into two categories. General flinging of waste and debris from their dens in a type of housekeeping, and the second, targeted violence, which was mostly female. They found that shells were the most commonly thrown object, with 55 recorded instances, and amazingly, they found that these projectiles hit their mark about 33% of the time. Pretty cool for an underwater projectile. In one instance, a female threw material at a male octopus 10 times over a period of nearly 4 hours and hit him 5 times. Even more interestingly though, the male made absolutely zero attempts to retaliate. He only attempted to duck a few times, although that didn't even always work. Throwing in general is a rare behaviour in non-human species. But targeted social throwing behaviour is far more so. The researchers stated that this is the least common form of non-human throwing. But of course, as is always the case with animal behaviour, it is impossible to correctly assign intent to any of these throws. We can't prove that the young female was getting fed up with being hit on by the angsty young male and therefore decided to throw the nearest shell at his head hoping he'd piss off. No matter how relatable that might be. I, for one, just know that I am incredibly excited to visit Octopolis and its violent residents. I just wanna be warm again. How good was that? We just heard a Brisbane bracket there. A favourite of No Ideas, Phaedra, which is in brackets DJT. With her song Bathroom Surgery. And I played that because Anne Rap gave it a bit of a rap, literally, didn't they? <laughs> what did they say about the song, Jay? They did. So um, Anne Rap released a little review saying that the ebb of fl- and flow of Phaedra's review signal is already a high benchmark for the Australian dark pop world, mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, another Brisbane-based musician who's creating dynamic synth-driven tunes, Phaedra manages to create a haunting and captivating listen from start to finish, from a soft and humble intro through to some powerful, striking 
choruses. The constantly shifting textures that feature in bathroom surgery are an enthralling lesson, especially when it takes an unexpected turn into some quick as lightning guitar, quick as lightning, guitar noodling and bell chimes for extra added gothic effect. Nice. Pretty cool. Yeah. Always love to see. No idea, folks out in the world winning. <laughs> winning. <laughs> I like it. You tune into four triple Z, and the show is no idea with me, Max and Jay. And of course, it is a community radio station. Mm. We don't get paid to do any of this Mm-mm. beautiful radio science. So we need the help from you guys listening to us now. If you're not a subscriber, get onto it. Go to our website at 4zzz.org.au. Throw a slash in there and type the word support and tick the box that you want to most prefer, the money level that you can afford. You might want to subscribe your pet. You might just want to go for a normal subscription of $70 or yeah, what's a concession is 30 35 35 mm-hmm. oh, oh, dear. Well, you uh, wouldn't know because, uh, of course, you're yeah. subscribed at the passionate level, aren't you, Max? Yeah, well, I'd like to think so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is $130. Or you, you can become a super, super sub, as mm. we refer to it now, for $500 and you get your name on the wall downstairs. But more importantly than all mm. of that, you also get that warm inner glow. You do indeed. Knowing you support us and yeah. like all oh, the lights in here go off That's and right. it's a really fun time. And you get to hear Dopamine from Max receptors. and Jay next week. And, uh, yes, we get to. <laughs> we're, not <laughs> we're not forcibly removed from the air. <laughs> Due to lack of funds. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, do it. Voting for the 2023 Hot 100 is now open. Who will make the top 100? It's your call. If you want to see your favourite tracks of 2023 represented in the countdown, head to hot100.4zzz.org.au and start shortlisting today. Voting closes midnight December 26th. That's hot100.4zzz.org.au. Vote now! Have you voted yet, Jay, for the Hot 100? I haven't. You know why? Because I don't want to rush it mm. and make a mistake like like someone else in this room may have. Oh, I should make a mistake. I forgot to include Bean Magazine. All year, Max is like, you know what my favourite band of the year is? Bean Magazine. I love Bean Magazine. Let's put Bean Magazine in every show. His Hot 100 voting comes out. What is not there? Bean what magazine. is not there? Yeah. Thank you. You tune into 4ZZZ. I'm Max. I'm joined by Jay. And usually, about this time of the show, we play a bit of this. Okay, it's time for the best part of the show. Loosely defined as science, yeah, you already know. Everybody listens to 4ZZZ just to hear us talking about what Butters just did. Subscriptions just keep rolling like the tires on a car. But something tells me that our science careers won't go far. But unlike an engine, I won't keep you in suspension. We're all here to hear him talk, so let's give him attention. You're not ready for when he starts rapping. Gonna hand that mic to Max and I'm not talking band staffing. It's lights out and away we go. Sail GP happened on the weekend. It mm-hmm. was in Dubai. There were a couple of crew changes on the Australian boat. Usual skipper Tom Slingsby. Uh, he's taking a paternity leave as he awaits his arrival of his first child. But he managed to get the skipper off the USA boat, who happens to be Australian, Jimmy Spittle, to race in, on the Australian boat. This meant the USA entry had a new and somewhat inexperienced crew. Day one of racing and Australia came home third first and third in the first of five fleet races 
commenting on the days racing with Australia top of the leaderboard Jimmy Spittle commented on how good the Aussie crew is and understands how Australia has never lost a series in Sail GP. Day two and Australia made it into the finals competing against Canada and New Zealand. Australia looked like we had secured the win but the Kiwis spoiled the day by turning just inside us at the last mark Classic. to go on to win. Canada got a penalty so we came home second and Canada was third. Jimmy Spittle after the finals race announced that it was his final sale GP race. Mm. Even without our normal skipper, Australia still leads the sale GP competition season four on 52 points. Now I'm going to talk about flash cars. I read this this morning. Okay. <laughs> it's an article that just came out. Yeah. Brazi- Brazilian behavioral scientists have found via survey that people view men who drive like curious cars as having a higher mating value. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I can't with mating science. It's always so much. And other positive attributes. Uh-huh. In their study reported in the journal Personality and Individual Differences, the group conducted two surveys involving people driving expensive cars. The first survey asked potential respondents about their opinions on luxury cars and the men who drive them, including their feelings on mating values and mate male dominance. <laughs> Look, this came out of Brazil. I got, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> the team received 171 responses, 93 from women. To prevent bias, the researchers used examples of with fabricated people in the surveys. The second survey asked luxury car owner respondents questions regarding how they felt about themselves and their place in society and whether they thought they would make a better mate than someone who drove an ordinary car. The researchers received 409 responses, 206 of which were from women. In analysing the returned surveys, the research team found that the majority of respondents, both male and female, viewed men driving luxury vehicles as having higher mating value and social dominance and were often seen as more competent in their lives and in their jobs. And in some cases, you get this one, as more intelligent. (laughs) The survey results also showed that most respondents believed they would benefit from personal intimate relationship with such men. Please. (laughs) Make it stop. Make it stop. (laughs) (laughs) The researchers also found that people who drive luxury cars view themselves as having higher social status. Oh, really? And thus believe they have more self-confidence than others. Did the people who made this study (laughs) have luxury cars? And it sounds like it. Right? And they're all male probably. Yeah. (laughs) And most also rated themselves as having higher mating value. This is so much. (laughs) You know what? You know what? What I enjoy about this show, no idea, is that we're not afraid to, we're not afraid to do things. bad science. <laughs> we're not afraid to sometimes bring you, the listener, a science story that just sucks. <laughs> I sorry, I love this. This is this is great. DJ, DJ Alice is texting. He says, "How how does Stocky's car measure?" Well, well Stocky, Stocky drives a red uh, Gemini. What do you reckon? That's sort of that's for the ordinary car. But, you know, does he have a high mating value what? or not? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I think I think we're going to get taken off air regardless of right. subscriptions. Now for the Valtteri Bottas and Roman Grosjean uh-huh. report. Valtteri has been very vocal of late of how his team underperformed and wants significant change. This is a driver who has come from a top team. He used to drive for Mercedes 
and winning was a thing for him. But these days, not so much. Meanwhile, Roman Grosjean has been seen testing the Lamborghini SC63. The hypercar has been testing at the Daytona circuit and the times have been very, very impressive. The Phoenix could potentially be a Le Mans 24 winner come next year. And that is it for the Mudderat. There we go. Thank you. That one was fun. <laughs> leisure. Leisure if you're leisure. American. If you're Ew. a freak. <laughs> if you're a little leisure if you literacy get weirdo. You tune into four triple Z and the show is no idea. With me, Max J. Izzy's here. What's up? We just got a subscriber. So Woo-hoo! thank you for that. Thank you for subscribing. It's because exactly. Izzy was here. Mm. Yeah, you're welcome. Did you hear some of the Brazilian science I was uh, talking about, uh, Izzy? How could I not? Of course. Yeah, well, we got uh, Anthony from AS Accounting. He, he <gasps> texted in. He said, wow, Brazilian science has even further eroded one's confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it underscores that a little Honda Jazz is appropriate at present. Sigh. Can't <laughs> <laughs> go wrong with a Honda Jazz. <laughs> okay. All reliable. What are you offer us, Jay? All right. I have another story for you, my wonderful No Idea co-hosts. Where is the most annoying place to get bitten by a mosquito? Ankle. Yeah, or underneath the foot. Or on the back where you can't reach. <laughs> yeah. For me, it's like on a joint and like especially on my finger. Mm. Like oh. so every time you move, it like gets irritated, but also like the skin is thin enough that it's like really it hurts to itch it Ugh, sucks anyways but how about your nostril oh, oh in it, inside outside of it inside your nostril okay, oh yeah, okay. so this research from the university of newcastle <laughs> mm-hmm. qs ranking oh they're, they're about 120 uh, 150 173 uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> which by the way my earlier story it was 176 yeah, so. so you're getting better nice. there we go Um, This research from last month comes from a team of researchers who were just hanging around watching and taking photos of frogs, which, like, hello, dream job. (laughs) Um, Lead researcher John Gold would occasionally notice mosquitoes landing on frogs and taking a nibble. This isn't strange in itself. There are species of mosquitoes which only feed on frogs and toads. But what was different about this was the kind of mosquito he witnessed and how it fed. The Mimomaya elegans. Feeds Slow. on all kinds of animals. It's an equal opportunity bloodsucker. But when it feeds on frogs, it always does it in a very particular way. They land on the back yes. to avoid that sticky tongue, walk up the back of the frog <laughs> to their heads, and stick the proboscis right into the nostril. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So why are they so particular about getting nose blood from these frogs um the researchers aren't too sure it may be that the skin of the nostril is especially soft and thin making it easier to bite um or it could be that there's a higher density of blood vessels near the surface of the nostril skin maybe maybe nose blood tastes better maybe Mm. it does but it's of interest to researchers because studies have suggested that mosquitoes are vectors for amphibian chytrid fungus which is a grave threat to amphibians across the world and given that some of the mosquitoes that they snap pics of in this study were feeding on endangered uh, green and golden bell frogs then you know it's of interest to know whether these guys Mm. may be spreading it and maybe the way that they feed has something to do with that so there you go biting the noses of frogs to suck blood Brilliant. That's so strange. It is pretty weird. That's pretty gross. <laughs> <laughs> if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire 4 Triple Z. 4 
Four triple Z. Uh, I reckon I can Max, do that voiceover. Thank you. No reverb. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay, do it right now. Four triple Z. <laughs> nice. You're you tuned into four triple Z. You tuned into four triple Z, and the show is no idea with me, Max, Jay, and Izzy. Mm-hmm. No idea. Space news. Now we did get a text in from DJ Oz wanting us to play this. <laughs> And of course, that goes out to Mini Chopper Ingenuity on Mars, who we're hoping has flown its 68th flight. No news from NASA as yet, but it was meant to fly December 9. It was going to fly at an altitude of 16 meters, so pretty high up. For a longest distance, it's flown of 828 meters. It was going to be a round trip, and they simply called it flight testing of the helicopter because they thought it would get to five flights and then they'd bin it but now it's got to 67 known flights getting edging closer to izzy's number of 69 flights that she's hoping it will reach (laughs) i said 50 gabe said 30 what did you say jay 40 40, yeah Yeah, so all being surpassed so as i say every week godspeed ingenuity what a brave little guy (laughs) (laughs) all alone all alone all alone and that's all my space news for this week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Max. <laughs> yeah, I've been a bit lax. Shout out uh, yeah. to texting in to recommend the mm. Space Force theme because mm. I, I have to say it's one of my favourite things that we play. Every time mm. it comes on, yeah, I'm like, yeah. It puts a smile on your face, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like the Matarat theme. It's just so, so strange and funny and stupid to have a song about, like, the space military, yeah. the like <laughs> non-existent. Yeah. Well, it exists. It exists, force. but just yeah. like the non-in-use space, space military. <laughs> it's <laughs> so <laughs> stupid, and I love it. I love it so Fully much. Fully committed to yeah. it as well. Just listening right. to that, and yeah. it's so beautifully produced. What happened to the X thirty-seven A? Well, mm. we don't talk about that. Mm. Asking the big <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, there's just a red dot on my head as I. <laughs> 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 you tuned into four triple Z, and the show is no idea what do you want to say Joey? hello i'm just like tuning in at the end to say today is a national day of action for palestine i'm sitting here in my kafir um and there are a couple of events on today that might be of interest to you people who are tuned in um at 3 30 there is a christmas card delivery to jim chalmers office in logan um logan um, Jim Chalmers being a quite influential person in federal politics, mm. um, which you may or may not know, um, whose first comment about the invasion of Gaza uh, was to say that it might affect oil prices and who has consistently not been very interested in um, speaking on uh, ceasefire or enter occupation or any of those things, um, which is interesting for a man who uh, represents... A, an area that has a very large Muslim and Arab community. Um, at 5.30pm today also in West End, um, there is a film screening of the Black Palestinian Solidarity um, film that was an, an event that happened um, in South Brisbane a while ago um, with some incredible speakers, um, both from across this continent but also internationally, uh, and that was filmed and is being played 
yeah west end so yeah a couple of things on and then obviously the every sunday there's the rally Mm -hmm. there as well just thought i'd bring attention to those as we wrap up another week of great science and some bad science (laughs) that's right but it's sign out now the uh what are we coming up with eco radio with izzy and dave this week guess we'll find out Tune in. You got a new sting out here. Yeah, new sting. It's super sweet. Come have a listen. Thank <laughs> you. We're, we're tracking down who did it because it just popped up in our little bin. I thought so. Jay must cool. have sung it. I would love to see that. We would love <laughs> to see that. Eco yeah. rap. We'll wakes get you on wakes up in a fever dream. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's it for this week of No Idea. It's been me, Max, Jay, and Izzy. Nice. And we'll speak to you next week. See ya. See ya. I'm a goddamn marvel of modern science. Science. science.